All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am giving you my updated projection for the Atlanta Falcons 53-man roster. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years. I'm on Twitter at Falcfans and, of course, the host of this illustrious Lockdown Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And today's episode, we will be focusing mostly on giving you my updated projection for the Falcons 53-man roster, as well as the 16 players that I am projecting for the Falcons to keep on their practice squad. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that because today, as many of you are listening to this on Friday was potentially the dress rehearsal game, the all important dress rehearsal game against the Cincinnati Bengals in the preseason before the preseason got canceled. Thanks to, uh, COVID-19 and other factors. And normally this would be the game where we'd be like, okay, Matt Hennessy or whoever, uh, would be named the starters and we would solidify those starting spots. Presumably you would see guys sort of figuring out and making their big push for whatever role on the depth chart or on the roster they would have. And then obviously we had the preseason finale, I think again, once again for the 7 million time against Jacksonville in that fourth preseason game where it really was like the last, typically most summers, it was like the last handful of guys that were fighting for jobs and, you know, potentially could have come in and and swooped in and won a job and, or really competing for opportunities for those last few spots on the practice squad. Unfortunately, we will not have that this summer, but uh, since it's that time of year, all that to say, we'll be getting into my 53 man roster prediction and what changes have uh, occurred over the last month or so. Since I think I last talked about it in late July uh, before training camp kicked off as well as my projection from June and sort of what changes have made since then. But before we get into that, I will um, answer at least one leftover listener question about, you know, my timetable for visiting Mercedes Benz stadium, as well as uh, talking about the Falcons signing of running back Craig Reynolds. And what's that's telling us about Quadri Olison. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about, sort of the ongoing, you know, dialogue um, and protests and boycotts and all those various things and sort of any new information from people like Dan Quinn and Stephen Means um, that we heard on Thursday before and after practice and sort of how that figures into what the Falcons response to that is and how it differs from what other teams have been doing around the league. And so that will be our Locked On Falcons lead story, which we will jump into right now. So the Falcons had more to say on Thursday about the ongoing protests across sports in the U.S., which is seeing the NBA and NHL teams boycotting playoff games, NFL teams canceling practice in response to the shooting of Jacob Blake by police in Kenosha, Wisconsin, earlier this week. On Wednesday, Falcons head coach Dan Quinn spoke briefly about the incident and the actions taken by his team, which were geared towards promoting the need for people to push for change and reform at the ballot box. He echoed those same sentiments again on Thursday to local media before the team's practice, but also spoke positively about the open dialogue he has with players on the team that goes beyond football to deal with issues such as this. The Falcons did practice on Thursday while six teams around the NFL opted against their scheduled activities. In addition to Quinn's, 
Uh, Falcons defensive lineman Stephen Means also spoke to the media after practice. Means has been at the front of the team's Rise Up and Vote initiative that was launched earlier this month, which sees the organization team up with Rock the Vote to promote voter registration and participation later this fall. Means spoke passionately about his personal experiences with racial injustice within the legal system related to his background growing up in rough neighborhoods in Buffalo, New York. When asked about the message he would give to other people active on these issues, he responded, keep doing what you're doing and echoed Quinn's response to the positive environment fostered within the Falcons locker room and their brotherhood to address these issues head on means added. I'm happy to play for a team that you can get out your raw emotions and you can really say what you feel and not be judged for it. The Falcons are scheduled to practice at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Friday, August 28th. Thus far, there has been no indication from the team that those plans will be disrupted in any form. So before moving on and getting into my 53-man roster prediction, the other move that occurred on Thursday was the Falcons brought back running back Craig Reynolds. Interesting move. Reynolds was cut by the team on August 7th, essentially to create a roster spot for safety J.J. Wilcox. Most of you don't probably know too much about Reynolds, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know a ton about him. I know he finished last season on the Falcons practice squad after spending some time with the Washington football team as an undrafted free agent out of Kutztown. Obviously, this addition seems to be related to the undisclosed injury sidelining running back Kwaju Olison, who has missed both Wednesday and Thursday practices. One would assume that the decision to re-sign Reynolds suggests that Olison is not necessarily going to bounce back immediately. And so maybe out for a few more days, but you never know, you know, Reynolds could get the Scotty deal treatment. In fact, probably will get the Scotty deal treatment because basically we're little more than a week away from final cuts on September 5th. As you may recall, the Falcons have broken my heart for the umpteen time this summer by cutting Scotty Dill for the second time after a week being back on the team, just to give themselves another body at offensive tackle while undrafted free agent Evan Kazarzik was out with an injury. None of the Falcons injuries like those two Allison wide receiver, Lama Zacchaeus kick returner, Brandon Powell and defensive tackle Marlon Davidson appear to be major issues, but obviously the team like many others around the league have the ability and flexibility to be as mum as they want to be on the exact nature of those injuries and those issues, particularly this summer, given the limited media access that we have. So uh, there's your update on Craig Reynolds and that roster move. And we will continue today's conversation getting into the 53 man roster prediction. But first I will answer a question from a listener about when will I grace my glorious, illustrious presence at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which I have not had the privilege of, of visiting yet. I've said every year that I want to go, but I'll give you guys an update for those of you that are interested in that coming up on today's episode. But I know when I do make my triumphant visit to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I certainly am very curious about the delectable food options that they have at the stadium. But in order for me to fully pick out at Mercedes-Benz in the future, I will have to make sure that, you know, I do not disrupt my diet and will do my utmost to maintain my weight and possibly lose some so that I can go extra hard on those concessions in the future. And helping me do that is, of course, my friends at Built Bar, who produce some of the best tasting 
protein bars that you can find. They're low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, perfect for keto diets. Anybody that's health conscious like me that doesn't want to sacrifice flavor as preparation for a future cheat day at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And Built Bar is helping me out by adding six new flavors. I've always been a fan of the coconut almond, the peanut butter. Now they've added caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. All of those can throw be thrown into my new rotation and you guys can throw them into your rotation. All you have to do is head over to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on and you get $10 off your next order. And don't worry if you use that promo code earlier this year, when we were first promoting built bar back in May, you can use it again and you won't have to miss out on the all new built bar. Again, use the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. So, um, before we get into the 53 man roster prediction, Andre Penny asks at pin fun, he asked, when are you visiting Mercedes Benz stadium? So as I said earlier, I haven't had the opportunity to go to Mercedes Benz stadium in the last three years. Money's a little tight. And as I've explained on previous Q and A's, when people have asked me similar questions, dropping 80 plus dollars is, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a little frugal. So like, if I'm going to spend $80 on something, like I want to get my value in the last couple of years, because the Falcons have been struggling. Um, it has not to me been a, a value for me to want to go to the game, but I will say I will not be going to Mercedes Benz stadium 2020. I can tell you that much. Uh, even if they do open up the stadium for fans later this year. So 2021 is the earliest I will go, um, or at least for a Falcon game. Let's say that, you know, there will be other opportunities to go to, uh, other events in the stadium, not in 2020. Again, I'm, you know, I'm going to avoid as many public gatherings as I possibly can in, in 2020, uh, you know, for the remainder of the year. Uh, if, you know, if, if I haven't known you for 25 years, you know, or you're not blood related to me, I, you know, I'm going to avoid you at all costs. That's my personal take on the remainder of the year. Cause I'm, you know, worried about the second wave hitting, but we'll, we'll see about that. But, uh, yeah, so not 2020, 2021 possibility. So let's sort of uh, jump into the 53-man roster projection and sort of the updates. And sort of if you've been listening to these episodes in the previous past and for whatever reason, you know, uh, because you have a sickness and look, I I respect it, uh, you know, don't get help, you know, you know, let let it foster. But if for whatever reason you have memorized, you know, the – 53 guys that I have predicted the roster. Basically the only changes I have made since the last time we talked about this again, I think it was in late July. Uh, Cause I'm pretty sure it was before dark West Denard was there's basically been four changes to my current prediction of what I think who will make the final 53 from the most recent prediction from roughly a month ago. And dark West Denard is one of those. I had Josh Hawkins making the team as the team's fifth corner. Now I have dark West Denard, obviously dark West Denard will be presumably the nickel corner or the, the potentially the number two or number three corner for the Falcons this upcoming season. And, uh, you know, James, James Carpenter is making it now over Jamon Brown. I previously had the Falcons cutting James Carpenter and keeping Jamon Brown as that sort of veteran guard on the bench. Um, cause again, presumably Matt Hennessy will be named the starter the back then. I was hopeful that Matt Gano would be the starter, but, uh, yeah, James Carpenter is the second guy. Luke Stocker making it as the third tight end over Kari Lee. And I have Chris Rowland making it as a six wide receiver instead of Laquan Treadwell. Previously, I had Alameda Zacchaeus winning that kick return job. So we will go through all 53 of my predictions 
just to refresh you guys on, on my picks, I have two quarterbacks making it Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub, four running backs, Todd Gurley, Brian Hill, Ito Smith, Quadri Olison, one fullback, Keith Smith, six receivers, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Christian Blake, Alama Zacchaeus, and the aforementioned Chris Rowland. Tight ends, three of those guys, Hayden Hurst, Jaden Graham, Luke Stocker, and nine offensive linemen with Jake Matthews, Matt Hennessy winning that starting left guard spot, Alex Mack at center, Chris Lindstrom, and Caleb McGarry rounding out the starting five with Matt Gano being that swing tackle, Justin McCray being that utility interior offensive lineman as the seventh guy, and James Carpenter being that eighth veteran backup guard, you know, in the event of injury and John Wetzel rounding out with the ninth spot uh, to give them another option at tackle. Uh, moving on to the defense. I have 10 defensive linemen say the exact same as before Grady Jarrett, Dante Fowler, Tack McKinley, Marlon Davidson with Tyler Davidson, Alan Bailey, John Kaminsky, Charles Harris, Stephen means and Deidre Sonat. Yes. Deidre Sonat sticks despite D led putting him on the bubble. We talked about that earlier. We'll circle back to why I have Deidre Sonat making the team. Despite that, we talked about it before, but I'll refresh your memory. If you didn't happen to listen to whatever episode that was this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, I, I can't keep them all. Uh, tracked. Uh, five linebackers, uh, Deion Jones, Foye Olakun, Michael Walker, Deion Buchanan, Leroy Reynolds. Five corners, AJ Terrell, Darquez Denard, Isaiah Oliver, Kendall Sheffield, and of course, the incomparable, Bleedy Ray Wilson. And five safeties, Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, Demonte Casey, Jalen Hawkins, and Chris Cooper. No Sherrod Neesman. That was an update on my last, most recent preview we'll get into later why I think that exactly on special teams. Of course, the three guys are young way Koo, Sterling Hoffrichter and Josh Harris. So those are the 53 guys. I also have the team, you know, Jordan Miller cornerback being suspended. He won't count towards their 53 man roster. Let me talk about the 16 players I have on the practice squad. Uh, for those of you, that are like, well, why didn't you put my guy, you know, 16 guys I have in the practice squad, Kurt Bankert running back, Mike, Dan- Mikey Daniel, two wide receivers, Laquan Treadwell, he is practice squad as well. We'll explain why. Um, and Jalen McCleskey, um, tight end, Jared Pinkney, offensive lineman, Sean Harlow, Evan Kazarzik, and Justin Gooseberry. Defensive lineman, three of these guys, Jacob Tuoti Mariner, Austin Edwards, and Hinwa Aliu. Two linebackers, Edmund Robinson and Ray Wilborn. One corner is Josh Hawkins. And two safeties with J.J. Wilcox and, yes, Sherrod Neesman sticking on the practice squad. So, how did I come up with this? You know, I think most of these picks are pretty self-explanatory. Um, it, you know, Brandon Powell being out is why I give Chris Rowland the nod with uh, him winning that kick return spot. Plus I've heard more buzz about Chris Rowland this summer than necessarily Brandon Powell. Um, I'm trying to think what other position battles, obviously Matt Hennessy sticking. Normally this would be a time for me to defend Luke Stocker because Apparently Falcons Twitter got all a Twitter, as they say, uh, when Atlanta Falcons official Twitter posted a video to showcase Isaiah Oliver showing off those length and that ball skills, breaking up a, a crossing route to Luke Stocker. But apparently Falcons Twitter was less focused on the positive player of Isaiah Oliver, which is crazy to me, guys, because, like, you know, I'm the biggest Isaiah Oliver critic that exists out there in the world, um, you know, probably besides his ex-girlfriend. Um, but like... He, you know, it was a good play for Isaiah Oliver, but all anybody wanted to talk about is why, <laughs> why are they throwing the ball to Luke Stocker, which is just funny to me. Like, you know, Luke Stocker had a very rough start to last season, but, you know, a lot of people didn't realize that, you know, after the first month of the season, like he was fine. He was solid. He, he did his job. And I talked about this earlier, you know, when we talked about Dirk Cutter and his uses of tight end 
uh, in the offense last year and how predictable he was. Now that Luke Stocker is the third tight end, I think it was better suited for him. For for the people that don't realize, like all his entire career, Luke Stocker has been a third tight end. When he was in Tampa Bay, when he was in Tennessee, he was the third tight end on the team. And he was solid in that role, being that guy that can come in and block, being that guy that can come and be that H-back, be that fullback, you know, and, and be this sort of versatile, you know, run blocker, essentially. And the fact that he was a limited pass catcher didn't matter because the box and the Titans had two better tight ends, Delaney Walker, John U. Smith uh, in Tampa Bay. I think it was before the OJ Howard years, but they had what Cam Brayton, Austin Safarian Jenkins. And, and who was uh, the kid from Iowa, Brandon Myers. So Luke soccer is, is in the spot where he needs to be right. You know? So I think people being like, Oh my God, I can't stand Luke soccer. Like he's fine as a third tight end. The problem was that the Falcons decided they wanted to pay him like a, a number two tight end and make him that last year, which was the mistake, which, you know, again, is another check in the reason number 100, 1,467 of, of why the Falcons are terrible at free agency. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not going to go in that rant today. So um, that's what I'll say about Luke Stocker. I will defend Luke Stocker uh, in the sense of he's fine as a, as a third tight end, not so fine as a number two tight end, but like, don't blame Luke Stocker for that. Blame Thomas Dimitrov. Blame Dan Quinn. Blame Mike Malarkey. You know me. I have a lot of vitriol for Dirk, Dirk Cutter, but he he's better than Mike Malarkey. I can tell you that much. <laughs> At the bottom of the total pole, Mike Malarkey is lower on the total pole for me. So um, in addition to other roster battles, uh, Deidre Sinat, as I explained before earlier this week, um, I think the main reason why Deidre Sinat is going to make the team, like, again, I think d Led was right to put him on the bubble because he's not a lock to make the team. Like I would guesstimate, I would guesstimate again, just putting a, pulling a number out of my butt. But like, I would say there's probably like a 68% chance that he makes a team. So I think it's likely that he'll make the team, but it's, it's far from a lock. But I think because the Falcons don't really have a true backup to Tyler Davidson. And so in the event that Tyler Davidson gets hurt and misses a game, as we saw him do last year, um, you know, late in the season where DJ's not did get an, that one opportunity to play and, and didn't make some plays. Uh, you want to have a, a, a real backup on the team and, you know, no offense to Losi Latu, but you know I haven't heard anything about Losi Latu to make me think that he's going to leapfrog Dejan Snot in that way. So unless someone comes up on the waiver wire that the Falcons really covet more so than their former third round pick, um, I think Dejan Snot should wind up making the team just because the only other player on the on the roster that can really play that one technique role that Tyler Davidson can play is Grady Jarrett. And while we know Grady Jarrett was very productive in that role. In 2016 and 2017, it's not a coincidence that Grady Jarrett took his game to another level in 2018 and 2019, primarily playing that three-technique spot. So we don't want to necessarily have to put Grady Jarrett into a position where he cannot flourish um, like he has the last two years uh, by forcing him to play the one technique just because the Falcons didn't want to have an extra body on the team. Anything else? Where Oh, let's talk about the defensive backs. Um, what's interesting is uh, about the cornerback position is Matt Tabik is doing his 53-man roster predictions, and he's dropping one position group every day. And he did the cornerbacks on Wednesday, I believe. And he had six corners making it, the same five that I have, Terrell, Denard, Oliver, Sheffield, and Lee Ray. Uh, but his sixth corner was Josh Hawkins. Now, what's interesting about that, as I mentioned before, Jordan Miller is suspended. He's not eligible to count towards the 53-man roster for the first three games of the year. And similar to what we saw last summer with Rashid Hageman, who was suspended for the, what, the first one or two games last year, I can't remember. Once that suspension comes up, the Falcons will have to make a choice. And they have basically three choices. They can either put Jordan Miller on the roster, they can cut him, or they can put him on the practice squad. Last year with Rashid Hageman, my recollection is they decided to cut Rashid Hageman. I don't think they're going to cut Jordan Miller. 
But what's interesting about Matt Tabeek's roster prediction is he had Josh Hawkins making it as the cornerback six and didn't specify that he didn't have Jordan Miller making it because he was suspended. The way that he, in his write-up, implied that Josh Hawkins was going to force the team to cut Jordan Miller. So that will be something interesting to watch. Again, my expectation sitting here now without any sort of inside information, again, thanks to not having the preseason, not being able to sit here and watch and say, oh, yeah, Jordan Miller has played three preseason games now. We know based off of his performance that he's definitely going to be rostered when he comes off of that suspension or based off of his performance, he's played so poorly that he's in danger of wind up, you know, losing a job uh, because, you know, he, he pulled a Jalen Collins during the preseason and, and, and you know, you, you guys remember what Jalen Collins did that last summer he was here, but without having that, I I can only just, you know, guess right now. So I would assume Jordan Miller's going to stick and be rostered, but you never know. Like I, I, I would be surprised if he got cut, but like, you know, I guess the two most likely outcomes is he's going to be rostered or put on a practice squad. And I think the practice squad would be more likely if the Falcons have to shuffle their roster around going into that week four game because of injuries elsewhere. And they just basically can't afford to carry a six cornerback um, on the roster. And instead will try to make Jordan Miller eligible for uh, waivers and, and try to put him on the practice squad. I think that would be a risky proposition because I think as we've seen with other teams, you know, teams will, will jump at the opportunity to snatch up a fifth round pick as we saw Cleveland do with Curtis Weaver, even though Curtis Weaver is hurt and not going to play this year. So I, I, w- I would be wary of that if the Falcons, that is the plan. So Matt, to be roster prediction without specifying that again, I'm assuming he just was just not counting Jordan Miller because he's suspended, but without specifying it, at least, you know, that's out there. That's a possibility. Now, as I said earlier, you know, Shrod Neesman is my fifth or or Shrod Neesman. I do not have him making the roster and I will explain exactly why I think that based off of special teams coming up on today's episode. But before we get there, I do want to let you guys know that we're, we're talking about rosters and I know you guys want to build your best fantasy roster. So you should subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast hosted by Vinny Iyer, where Vinny is giving you all the insight that he possibly can give you to get you guys geared up for this upcoming fantasy football season. Of course, subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to me right now. So the main reason why I concluded Sherrod Neeson not making the team is I have the suspicion. What the, the, the real reason is because the Falcons always do things to spite me, right? They cut Scotty Dill. They cut Jamon Brown instead of James Carpenter. They cut Danny Etling. They always do these things to spite me, right? So because I'm a, I'm, I'm a Sherrod Neesman stan, you know, been supporting that guy since, you know, 2018 when the Falcons let him go initially for no apparent reason and only to bring him back, him to essentially saved the season some somewhat by playing so well as a fill in for an injured Keanu Neal replacement for Jordan Richards at the end of the season over the last like four or five games. Um, but ever since then, the Falcons have just sort of relegated him to the back burner of the team. And he's always been on the bubble and all those various things. I won't rehash all those issues, but it's interesting because in the article that D led mentioned with the five bubble roster players, he had JJ Wilcox on the bubble. And in that article, he mentioned Sherrod Neesman, basically being a dependable four core special teams player, which is true. And normally teams don't cut four core special teams players. If you're a four core special teams, and what that means four cores, you play on kickoff team, you play on kickoff coverage team, you play on punt uh, return team and you play on punt coverage team, right? Four core or core four, depending on, you know, how you were raised, you know, depending on how your grandmother taught you. (laughs) Sorry, bad joke. Um, 
So like with Sherrod Neesman and the role that Sherrod Neesman plays, particularly on the punt coverage team, is a valuable one because he's the personal protector. That's the role that Eric Weems played at, prior to Sherrod Neesman. Jordan Richards did that in 2018 and 2017. Teron Ward did that. Eric Weems did that in the previous years. And when the two years when Weems was in Chicago, it was uh, Jacques Rogers that filled that role. And that's a valuable position. Um, as we, as you guys have heard me say many times, when Eric Weems was the personal protector, the Falcons rarely had a block punt. When anybody else has done that job, block punts galore, right? Um, which is, again, a testament to, you know, how special special Weems is. You know, that's an important job. You know, you're the last line of defense to prevent a block punt. And what's interesting is when the Falcons drafted Quadriolison last year, the speculation I had then and we saw in the summer was that he was drafted primarily to, to basically replace Jordan Richards as the personal protector. Neesman did not, I mean, Allison did not win that job. Neesman did. But it is interesting that Allison did get a few snaps there during the course of the season. And I imagine there's a scenario where Allison could take that job from Sherrod Neesman this summer. Now, the fact that Allison's out with an injury certainly could throw a wrench into that. Um, And so maybe I should wind up putting Sherrod Neesman back on the roster uh, for that reason. But we'll see how that plays out, but I could definitely see a scenario where the Falcons decide to go with Allison as the personal protector uh, instead of Sherrod Neesman. And if that's not the case, then, you know, even though Sherrod Neesman is one of the better special teams players, I could certainly see the Falcons deciding to move on because they, they seem to not respect Sherrod Neesman's game to the same degree that myself and, and many of you guys do out there. So I will be interesting. That's why I have Chris Cooper as the fifth corner. Also the fact that Chris Cooper has some experience to play that slot corner role, which, you know, I, last time we saw him in the preseason, I was not a big fan of Chris Cooper as a, as a corner. I, I think he's a safety. I think he's always been a safety. Um, I think he's fine as a safety, but the Falcons like him as a slot corner. And uh, I think that flexibility gives him a little bit of added value when it comes to, you know, potentially winning that 10th defensive back role, uh, given the expectation that Jalen Hawkins should be a lock, uh, given his draft status. So we'll see how it plays out. Like, you know, of all these roster predictions, it's, it's who, who that 10th, you know, that ninth and 10th DB really that fourth and fifth safety to me is, is the biggest question mark I have right now. I feel pretty confident about the other, you know, 51 projections that I have, um, But, you know, we'll sort of round out today's episode talking a little bit more about the practice squad and the fact that, as you guys know, that they expanded a practice squad from 10 to 12 when the CBA got uh, signed back in the spring. And since COVID hit, they expanded to 16. And what's interesting is that the four extra spots are now devoted to the new roster spot that they added for this CBA, which is basically that that fourth category of, of, of practice squad eligibility, which is basically there are no rules, right? You know, pretty much everybody, technically Matt Ryan is eligible for the practice squad. Julio Jones is eligible for practice. Squad. Every single player in your roster is eligible for the practice squad as part of that fourth category of players. But the rules are that you can only keep six out of your 16 practice squad players can only fit in that fourth category. And, um, you know, previously prior to the expansion of the practice squad, it was two players. So essentially what they did when they expanded the practice squad from 12 to 16 was they added four more slots for that last category to basically give teams COVID insurance. And with my practice squad projection, Laquan Treadwell fits that category. Edmund Robinson, Josh Hawkins, JJ Wilcox, and Sherrod Neesman are the five guys that I have. Again, they can carry up to six that are eligible to fit, to make the practice squad as that fourth category of players. Other examples of players that are also practice squad eligible that would fit that category are guys like Jamal Carter and Kari Lee. Um, 
in addition to all the, the other, you know, 53 guys and, you know, named on the roster, the, 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 the Julio Joneses of the world, but we know those guys aren't, aren't going to be uh practice squad players. So that's going to be an interesting uh, wrinkle to see um, sort of if the Falcons take full advantage of that and, and do try to keep, you know, five or six veterans on, on the practice squad that way, obviously veteran players will have the option that, necessarily rookies won't have is that they will have tape. And, you know, the thing about the practice squad is those guys are technically part of your team. They, they collect a salary from your team. They participate in practice with your team. They can travel with the team, all those various things, but they are technically also free agents and free to sign with any other team. And so it's going to be interesting to sort of see which veterans are basically willing to basically take the check of being a practice squad player and being part of a team. So they get some income this year um, or the guys that would just basically like, that's beneath me. I'm going to try to land a, a full salary on somebody other team in the meantime, or, or whatever the case may be. So, you know, I picked five guys that I think relatively speaking, aren't necessarily locks to make team. I mean, JJ Wilcox is, is a, is a good example because he was basically, you know, unsigned for, the entire off season and, and Hawkins and Edmund Robinson are XFL guys and Laquan Treadwell. You know, I don't think anybody was banging down Treadwell's door uh, to pick him up. Sherrod Neesman is of those guys that I think is the likeliest of, you know, to have people targeting him because of that value on special teams. So I'll be curious, you know, again, coin flip is basically right at this point with picking Sherrod Neesman or Chris Cooper to be that fit safety. And right now I'm leaning Chris Cooper only because the Falcons will spite me. So if they do wind up keeping Sherrod Neesman, no offense to you, Chris Cooper, because I, I do respect your, your game as a safety, not as a corner, uh, but as a safety, <laughs> but maybe you surprised me. Maybe you've made significant improvements. And again, because we haven't seen the preseason, I don't know, but for once on this podcast, if, if the Falcons do, Prove me to be wrong and and keep Sherrod Eastman for once on this podcast. We will be positive about the Atlanta Falcons on, on when final cuts come. But again, final cuts September fifth. We'll see how it, it goes. We'll see you know sort of what Allison's injury if he's out for an extended period of time. I'll certainly probably flip back to having Eastman uh, on the roster because again, I think these special teams battles. You know, the gunner, the personal protector are kind of potentially going to decide jobs. Are going to potentially decide you know who's going to be on the active roster. My Guess best guess for who are going to be the two gunners. It comes down to four people. I think Brian Hill, I think Alameda Zacchaeus, I think Kendall Sheffield and Jalen Hawkins are the four prime candidates. That's a guess. I don't know, but uh, you know, Sheffield's ability and Hill's ability are going to be depend on whether or not they are going to have regular roles on offense and defense on Sundays, because typically the Falcons tendency is that if you're going to, you know, be a starter or a prominent player on the Falcons offense or defense during the game, we're not going to risk you having injury on special teams. I, my personal opinion is I think that's the Falcons being a little bit too extra careful, put good players on special teams because special teams matters. As you guys well know, that's why I'm like have Russell Gage still out there covering punts and whatnot. Cause he's really good at it and it will make your special teams better. I don't know. I don't know, but <laughs> um, so we'll see about that. But uh, uh, interesting to see how it all plays out. And, uh, these, these are, these are the things that make me miss the preseason. Cause these are the things that, you know, roster nerds like me, you know, really get into like, Oh, they had this guy do this. And they had this guy do this with the first team and the second string and the third string, all these various things that I just miss about the preseason. So, uh, there you guys have it. Uh, another week in the books for lockdown Falcons. Of course, if you want to provide feedback like Andre Pennington did, uh, you can of course tweet any questions or any feedback that you have to lockdown Falcons on Twitter. If you prefer Facebook as your social media platform, 
Lockdown Falcons name of the page there. And of course, if you, you know, you have a long winded response or you just don't want other people to see what you have to say about me or to me or whatever, you can send a very personal email. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it creepy. <laughs> I just, you know, you have the privacy of email uh, and you can send that to lockdownfalcons at mail.com. So there you guys have it. Appreciate you guys joining me. We'll be back with uh, some guests and uh, more great content for you next week on lockdown Falcons. Have a great weekend. Be safe out there guys. And, and, and prayers out to all the people on the Gulf coast. Hope they stay safe and uh, we'll be praying for you. So there you guys have it. Until then. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.